0: Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a
1: straight-up screamer!
0: Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Hey, Santa, you could win in Apco's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, Apco Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. Apco's Cash for Chrissy on now at Apco. Ho, 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 ho.
1: We're going to talk some super rugby now to kick off the show. It's a pleasure to welcome in uh, Justin Marshall. He's the former All Black, former crusader, host of In the Red here on SENZ. He joins us now. Uh, morning to you, Marshy. Good morning, Sammy House sing, mate. Very well, mate. Very well. Um, let's start with uh, probably the game of the round for me, which was the Chiefs and the Canes. Um, the Canes nearly did what they did back to the Blues in round two down 15 points with 12 minutes to go, and they bring it back to a, a single point in the final whistle. It's just a, it was just a, Kiwi classic, wasn't it, Marshy?
0: Yeah, it certainly was, and then it sparked straight into um, life with TJ Petterna's uh, early intercept, which really set the game alight. And then the Chiefs respond really quickly with Anton Leonard Brown going on. You know, a Sunday afternoon um, of rugby, and you're thinking, man, we're going to be entertained. And it didn't let anyone down, including the players, right up until the 80th minute. Um, and like you said. Uh, when it looked like the Hurricanes are dead and gone, um, they found a way, found a res- some resolve to get back into the game. Um, and, you know, Geordie Barrett's goal-kicking was pretty good as well. Uh, and just the point in it at the finish, two teams that were evenly matched. And, um, you know, the Chiefs got the job done on the day. You know, what a piece of genius right at the finish from Bryn Gatlin, yeah. to be perfectly honest. You know, the game was still in the balance here. But only, you know, when you got Geordie Barrett on the field, and it only takes a penalty from, let's say, 55, maybe 60 metres. Um, he's capable of kicking it from that far. So the fact that um, Gatling could pin them in the 22 and, and uh, Chess could then just wind the clock down um, and enable them to get the job done.
1: When you look at the, um, the Canes so far this season, that loss against the Crusaders in round one, they scored three tries in the final 10 minutes of that game, did the same against the Blues, although they got the result, and then, and then did it again um, with the Chiefs on the weekend. Clearly they're finishing games well, Marshy, but what do they need to fix maybe in that first 60 minutes of the game to, I guess, turn some of these narrow losses into wins?
0: Yeah, one of the, one of the things that they're very good at is scoring tries. They're quite a lethal team when they get their rhythm um, and, and get into their work. So they're more than capable of scoring tries. I think what they're actually having is moments of switching off, and when they do switch off, you know, it it concedes them line breaks, it concedes them discipline and penalty problems was a big problem for them yesterday. I think Duplice Karifi, he got penalised a few times, which uh, cost them points, Uh, and They are moments of discipline, including switching off defensively, that are really hurting them. So, you know, it's kind of a catch-22 for them because they're so potent when they get an opportunity at Mm. scoring points and turning the game really quickly on its head. But equally, they then switch off or have some discipline issues that let the opposition back in very quickly. So I think if mentally they can get on top of that and they show more resolve defensively uh, and then don't have those lapses in discipline... Then, the, then they don't let the opposition get back in when they are scoring points.
1: Mm. What did you What did you make of Geordie at twelve? I know a lot was made about that in the lead up to the game, and, and you know some people not happy that he was getting moved from his, I guess, number one position. But how do you think he went at twelve?
0: Oh, he was good and solid, and, and you know he made he made some very aggressive uh, tackles uh, as well. So you know he's he's a big, strong guy. He ran hard. Um, you know, a couple of nice little touches. A couple of nice passes to free up the outside backs but I think it's too confined a space for him to be perfectly honest. There's no doubt in my mind that he can play there and he can play there at a very high level and super rapidly but you you just get the feeling that with more space, with more time on the ball um, and a broader broader vision at fullback where he can see the entire field, I think that's where he's best utilised and I think in my mind fullback is, is a position where he just he, he gets more space and he brings his skill set into the game a lot more you know like that ability to kick chase, um, retrieve the ball or to defuse problems in the opposition are coming at you. Um, defensively a lot of people don't realize how good he is at the back um, at, at you know shutting down line breaks and aggressively nailing a, a, a player that has has broken the line and is threatening you know their, their line so look. Definitely a pass mark, mate. There's no doubt he can play there. But in my mind, he, 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 his skill set is better utilised at fullback.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Um, the other New Zealand game, the Highlanders uh, pushing the Crusaders right to the edge, but the Crusaders doing what they always do and, and tightening the screws with about 20 minutes to go and, and end up holding on 17-14. The Highlanders are 0-6, sitting at the bottom of the table. But it doesn't feel like they're an 0 and 6 team, Marshy. How do you assess their season at this stage? Yeah, you're
0: right. It doesn't feel like they're an Iron Six team. And I don't think there's any games in those six that they've lost where they've been completely shut out of the game. They've always been in the contest, regardless of who it is, whether it's the Blues or the Crusaders or the Hurricanes or whoever it might be. So, you know, that's probably something that um, is very evident that that they're not a team that is being beaten and beating soundly each week. They're in every contest. And again, there's contests that they've been in where they've possibly been the slightly better team. I thought they, they were the better, consistent team across the ballpark at the weekend against the Crusaders on Friday night. And the statistics reinforced that. You know, they had more possession, They had better territory. Now, they nearly spent 10 minutes inside the Crusaders' 22, and the Crusaders only spent three and a half minutes inside the Highlanders' 22. And, and again, worrying for the Crusaders, they had to double... Uh, the tackle count of the Highlanders. I think the Highlanders made something like 68 tackles and the Crusaders have to make 130. So here's a team that's dominating the game, but not winning the game on the scoreboard. And and you talk to Tony Brown and, uh, you know, he's, he's saying the same things that we're all seeing, but he's saying it week to week to week, which is our executions just off at pivotal times in games. We're not nailing down our opportunities, but you know, how how long do you continue to bang that drum Mm. before the players listen and before the players actually learn? And you know, like Mitch Mitch Hunt missed a couple of very pickable um, opportunities, penalties that could have gotten them into the game. One, he actually turned down and went for touch and he put that dead. You know, another couple of times they didn't quite get their line-out execution right when they had the Crusaders down to 14 men. They missed their opportunity. So, you're right. In in a nutshell, they're not uh, an 0 team, but you know, they're just lacking a little bit of that big game experience to nail the games that they should be winning, like the Crusaders on Friday. Scott Robinson, mate, he was like, he was like he had won lotto after the game. He was like, poor, oh, big, deep size after size, saying, wow. Because he know he knew he'd got out of a game there. Yeah. But he'd only got out of the game because the Highlanders had let him. Mm. And uh, I think he sort of had a... It was more relief than anything from his perspective. And Tony Brown just looked a completely frustrated man once again.
1: Mm. Well, they're playing um, Moana Pacifica on uh, on Friday night. And yeah, I'm hesitant mm. now to say that Moana Pacifica are an easy beat because we've seen <laughs> what they've done. Is this, you know, I guess, the prime opportunity for them to pick up their first win?
0: Yeah, I think it is. But again, you're right, because minor Pacifica are trending quite nicely, aren't they? And again, they're another team that sometimes it's like they're being shut out of the contest and then they find a way back into it. Uh, So, you know, at your peril, and the Hurricanes experience this firsthand that, you know, they've got such firepower across the board that if they can stay in the contest, they're always always going to get hurt um, by their scrum and by line-out more. Like, I looked at that game at the weekend and really, I think everybody that was watching, as well as all the Blues players and management, probably knew that if they could get inside the 22 and set up a line-out more that they were probably going to come with, uh, come away with either a penalty or, or a try. And, you know, that was the way that they knew they could break Minor Pacifica down, which is a, which is a massive hamstring to go into every game with. That, that set-piece is going to hurt you on the scoreboard. But then and again, they have this ability to just break the game open with this raw talent and this amazing ability to be physical. And, um, you know, at your peril, you would say that they are a team that you can just go out there and set-piece and beat. So... Islanders are capable of beating them, like they have any team in this comp. But yeah, I'm a bit like you; I would, I would not tick that box as <laughs> a a shoe-in win for the Highlanders, that's for sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Marcia, I mentioned um, in the in the intro um, just about the, the red cards and, and the Caleb Clark one's the one that obviously everyone's been talking about and there were four red cards across the first four games of the round, um, including some over in Aussie. We know that World Rugby's cracking down on the contact area, particularly around the head, and that's, I guess, a big part of why we're seeing so many. But is it also, like, are the players do they need to get the message and become more disciplined? Or do you think the rules maybe just are a little bit unrealistic? Like it's a a physical and brutal game that's going to have these sorts of collisions.
0: Yeah, I understand the law and and I'm all for protecting the players because, you know, head concussion is a big problem in the game at the moment. So I'm certainly not unaware of that. But in my mind, at the moment, the officials are getting it wrong in in certain instances. Um, I think there was a clear-cut example of that in the Crusaders game where, uh, Shiloh Klein um, dropped his arm, led with his shoulder connected with the, the player there was no mitigation and he, he got him with um, a shoulder in the head now that's what they're trying to outlaw out of the game mm. but Caleb Clark's example is, is just a complete um, accident you know? and what the referees are not doing is finding a way to use which they have in the directive of the law which is mitigation now mitigation for Caleb Clark is he's left his feet, he's in the air before that player has made contact with him. Now, when you're in the air, there's nowhere you can go. And the fact that the player collided with him with his head on Caleb Clark's hit, hit, there's nothing Caleb Clark could do to avoid that. That's mitigation. And that's the referees not looking at the circumstances, understanding that split-second impact and making a good, sensible decision that this guy had no intent whatsoever to make any contact with the other player's head. So to give a red card in circumstances like that just completely um, bamboozles me. And there's other instances of that. There was an incident with uh, with Tom Banks in the game against the Force where he just got caught by a split-second decision. He was going hard at the corner flag. The guy cut back in. He didn't expect it. They clashed heads. He got knocked out and had to leave the field. And he got a red card. Now, you know, the, the referees in that instance are only looking at the contact. They're not not looking at what has happened that has led to that contact, and that's where they're getting it massively wrong. So I think they've got to um, look at the way that they're officiating it, make sure that they're using mitigation and understand what the players were trying to do and whether there was any intent there. Or purely, sometimes in rugby there's just a split second where it's accidental. Um, And, and, you know, nobody wants anyone to get hurt. I'll give you the tip, mate. When I was out there playing rugby, the one thing I did not want to do was collide my head with another player's head because you don't know how you're going to come off. So Mm. no player out there is looking to make head-on-head contact with anybody. Um, That's a sure way to knock yourself out rather than the opposition. So the fact that they're trying to outlaw it from the game is good, but we don't want to see red cards when players have no intent and there's, accidental contact out there because that's really ruining the game and it's hurting people that um, purely have have made an accidental contact so it needs some work mate, you can mm-hmm. understand my passion for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can, Margie and even someone's texting here, Tony says totally agree with Margie, spot on so there you go mate, you've got a few uh, supporters yep. on the text machine. Um, Justin Marshall, thanks each for joining us mate, absolute pleasure, um, we'll catch up again soon Anytime,
0: thanks guys Cheers, have a good day